Haley Fingers is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and if you look in the Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek encyclopedia, you'll find Barf uh, right next to Bolians, I guess, uh, both Bs. Uh, Joining me on the show as usual is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geek- of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Yay! Take two. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, you just burn one, you feel good, and then you get back it right into yeah, it. Get so, it out, uh, get confident, start well, over. St- we're still learning uh, or relearning how to do the show uh, after it being so long, but uh, that's good. It gives me confidence to know that failure is 100% okay. <laughs> Just put a piano falling crash sound in here. <laughs> and uh, moving on, uh, let's uh, try to, we don't have to do the whole thing, but let's try to recap just a little bit the discussion that we had that nobody uh, heard your side of, of Star Trek, sure. uh, Destination Star Trek in Birmingham this year. Uh, we were talking about the Destination Star Trek Con taking place in late October of this year. You, of course, went last year mm-hmm. and had a great time uh, talking to a lot of amazing guests. And the she guests... Had a fantastic time. The guests, they are uh, a coming to... Uh, there's a lot more of them uh, this year. Um, and I noticed, I was looking at the website, and there are many people who are connected to some of the new shows... Um, but it's just like, why would, I know that, you know, if, if, if he's in town, um, I guess, Picard, uh, Captain Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart probably isn't too far away, but why would he no. come? Right. <laughs> but yet, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart's going to be there. Uh, it's in Mount, I believe Ethan Peck is going to be there. Um, as well as, uh, you know, the usual, uh, sort of bouquet of, of former, um, series stars and some people from the movies too. Alan yeah. Ruck is going to be there. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> Captain Cameron. We just sorry, we just watched uh Ferris Bueller's Day Off, me and my oh, roommate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like <laughs> Yeah. There he uh, goes. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Forbes is going to be there, which is uh, really cool. Um there's also going to be a, a handful of uh Kelvin uh universe movie people there who and I'm not you know, if if they have uh, amazing uh, storied careers that uh, it's my fault for not knowing about, then I feel bad. But uh, I'm just going to call them uh, Big Eyes is going to be there. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Lizard Face uh, Tan Mom is going to be there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. Uh, and then uh, Alice Eve is going to be there, which I thought was uh, was interesting. Yeah, she's the uh, she's like the biggest Calvin star I've seen at a con in like a while. Yeah. I mean, outside of our uh, beloved Star Trek uh, stars, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, Connor Trenier, uh will be there as well, uh, which is uh, really cool. Um, and Anthony Montgomery will be there, too. Yeah, they uh, have. I'm surprised how many people are, like, flying to England. Yeah, yeah. Like J.G. Hertzler. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> who I met when I was like 15. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> How'd yeah. that go? It was great. I was so, what God, what did he say to us? It was me and my friend. We were just so tiny. I think he made some joke about us just being little. That was, I think Marina Sirtis <laughs> was there that year too. And she was like, babies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, um, that's neat. Uh, I wish she was going to be there, but uh, maybe some other year. No, um, my hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Una McCormick and James Swallow, uh, Trek novelists and friends of the show, uh, will be there as well, uh, which I guess is convenient for them. No no plane ticket for them. No, quick train ride. Yeah, right. 
Well, to them, maybe it's a long, to them, it's a long train ride. England. <laughs> right. It's all, but it's everyone all, else. it's all relative. Quick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's jump right into uh, our subject for this week. Uh, we're talking about a, the second in a new series of short films set in the universe of Star Trek Discovery. They're short treks, and we're talking about The Trouble with Edward this week. Before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone, so be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for The Trouble with Edward is newly minted Captain Lynn Lucero is excited to take command of the USS Cabot, that is, until she meets Edward Larkin, an ornery scientist who believes he has found a revolutionary new use for Tribbles. The episode is written by Graham Wagner, who's a producer and writer, and he's been a producer on The American Office, Baskets, Portlandia, and Silicon Valley. He's also been a writer for those series, primarily for Portlandia. He's helped write over 50 episodes. It's directed by Daniel Gray Longino, who is an editor and director, having directed on series like Tim and Eric, John Benjamin Has a Van, Kroll Show, and Portlandia. And there is no, uh, actually, no, there is a star, uh, excuse me, a star date given for this episode. It is 1421.9. And what'd you think? What did you think about the trouble with Edward? Uh, I thought I definitely liked it better than last week. <laughs> okay. Um, I had fun watching it. I thought it was super cute. Obviously, um, now I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who plays Edward. Uh, uh, H. John Benjamin. Yes, yes. Who's also in Bob's Burgers. Yes. Um, he's fantastic. Uh, love him. And actually, the uh, woman that plays the captain, Rosa Salazar, is stars in this crazy Amazon show called Undone. Do you know what yes. I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so she's fantastic. Um, it still feels a little bit like they're writing, like they want to have, let's have a funny Tribble episode. And then they write they write it to make something happen instead of just like, writing short treks to be cool short treks does that make sense um yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit <laughs> well i know i think I, I well i'm look i'm struggling kind of with my own um feelings about it but i mean you're, you're yeah I, I believe that you're saying that it's not like they looked at the setting and found some unanswered question or some problem germane to uh to yeah. what they've got they instead went uh We've got John Benjamin, you know, we've got the guy from Bob's yep. Burgers, and we've got yep. Tribbles, mm -hmm. and do you want short treks? Mm -hmm. That's how you get short treks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, – the what gets me about this whole thing is I still don't – okay, so I've got, like, little picks, but I've got, like, the big the big talk about, like, the future of yeah. the, the franchise and all that, and I want to start mm -hmm. with that. I, I don't understand – or I don't know where we're going – vis-a-vis -vis tone in a lot of these short no. treks and no i don't idea. i don't think it's any i mean the people you know i've read every day every week i read the resumes of these people they're they're talented mm -hmm. people but mm -hmm. they come from such disparate backgrounds and there is no guy like gene roddenberry or rick berman jamming it all mm -hmm. into a star trek box and so you've got the guys if you hire do you want a Portlandia episode to get the guys from <laughs> portlandia right and so it feels like these portlandia gags and and the tone, you know, the tone is like The Office and not Star Trek. And you could totally do The Office in Star Trek, but I still that feeling of that thing that that snuggy that you put on when you're watching a Star Trek show, yeah, isn't there. I'm not saying what you get is unpleasant, but it doesn't feel like Star Trek. And I hesitantly say that because people have used that 
um, negatively. But I don't mm-hmm. – maybe I need to get used to – maybe this is the future of Star Trek. You know, it's just you are spinning a dial and you're going to get some interesting uh, characters and uh, and some interesting premise in a total – it's going to feel different every time. But, you know, barf. <laughs> I said barf before that I mentioned. That's fine. But I, I miss the sort of weird distancing effect you got with somebody like William Shatner, who is the most, you know, American. I know he's Canadian, but like 60s man you can get. <laughs> but yet they're like, we don't need any of your wars, mister. And it, there's that sort of remove where they're these weird future humans. Mm-hmm. In Discovery and even, you know, the Kelvin use going forward, everybody's like, give me some ketchup with those fries. And it's like they're just 21st century people uh, in jumpsuits. And I, I miss the kind of alien sort of feeling of the future from before. But maybe that's not going to resonate with young audiences today. They they have to get rid of that, jettison that. Well, do you think it's because that future feels a little bit less, like, farther away? Yeah, but we were... You we know, were like, stu- everyone, like, <laughs> we were... audiences are, <laughs> sorry, audiences are, like, fluent with the concept of spaceships yeah. and sci-fi, but we're also, like fully aware of like you know nasa technology or like something i guess i mean we were stuck into that i think when we had two tv shows on the air in the 90s when the earth was supposed to be ravaged by the eugenics wars do you know what i mean like i think star trek at this point or at least in its past has committed to a archaic view of the future you know an old mm-hmm. style view of the future it would be like if you know and i don't think everyone should do this but they they doubled down on silver rocket ships and moon men and bubble helmets mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and so I yeah think, definitely i think with the new it started with the kelvin but with the new iteration of this universe or, or the new um properties in it they're trying to give us a slick iphone app based you know future and i totally understand it but it is it has been a uh a transitional period for me to ease myself into like you know this new future and i think that 9 out of 10 uh sci-fi franchises that you get that are created now will be like this what i think trek loses in trying to be more like them is it loses that identity that it had built up over 50 years yeah um, i quit no yeah i mean <laughs> no i'm just kidding you're you're absolutely right I wonder if, especially with these short tricks, I short tracks. I wonder if they're sort of like letting us dip our toe into like track comedy before stuff like lower decks <laughs> drops. Yeah, so it's well, not that's... like a complete <laughs> like polar plunge. Yeah, well, this felt you know this felt to me like it could have been a lower decks. Um, oh it's yeah, not, yeah. I mean, it's not like if this you know if the if we encountered triples for the first time. Again, because I thought it was the Enterprise, but whatever. <laughs> and you were unexp- unprepared. Yeah, I feel like Tribbles could probably uh, take over a ship or something like but that. Also, but also, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is there something in the Prime Directive that says you can't just start beaming alien, like, animals off your ship if your ship and your crew is in danger? See, now, I was thinking about that. That's, that's a good point. Um, but I kind of liked that they didn't want to kill the things. Yeah. No. They were not, they were not, um, we always talk about how like the Enterprise is the flagship. Those are the best of the best. Um, there's a lot of like 
dopey other Starfleet people that they always show up and those guys are dead, but they're not going to die because they're the Enterprise, right? So the, I think that it, this is just, they didn't come up with the right solution. But at the same time, you know, even at the end, they didn't want to, they could, yeah, they could have just beamed him into space. They could have vented the uh, the ship. But she's like, no, let's stun them because that's their Starfleet. Like, that's what I want to see from my Starfleet characters. I want them to make uh, decisions that would seem almost stupid to 21st century humans who are ready mm-hmm. to kill each other. But they, <laughs> I like the fact they're, they're like, screw it. We've got plenty of ships. You know, just get rid of the mm-hmm. ship. We don't want to kill this new mm-hmm. life form. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah. But then I mean, invade another. But then another planet gets this invasive species. Yeah, but the tribbles land the ship. Um, how much food? The thing it does also physically, like from a biophysical perspective, it doesn't make any sense. How much food is on the ship? So like the okay, the tribbles, yeah, because the tribbles can't in, replicate in the trouble, beyond yeah. what they can eat. Right? There's more biomass. Yeah, that was the whole thing in the trouble with tribbles is that they're eating the grain. Yeah, right. There was yeah, it was full of grain. Whereas this ship. I might have had a bunch of grain on it, but by the time they leave the ship, it's clear that there is more biomass just in terms of Tribble on this ship than there ever was in food stores. So yeah. I think they they have to eat to give birth. That's what we find out in, you know, uh, The Trouble of Tribbles. But whatever. Nitpick. I mean, it's that's why I thought like... I was going to say, I was gonna say maybe a... this is like a different strain. Like, oh. so this, like, oh. you know, like is a much faster breeding, more aggressive Tribble so than we the should, ones we actually see. So we should talk about that. The, the impression that I got from the text was they were very slow breeding. He did something to them. Now they breed fast. So did mm-hmm. we get, like, is this the midichlorians of Tribbles? Did we get, like, yeah. the the origin of Tribbles? <laughs> like, I... I I don't know. <laughs> I I wanna like I wanna give them as much like wiggle room with the canon as they need. Like I don't have a problem with them. Kind of it's you know it's roomy. It's Star Trek. It's always been like that. Yeah. But then why be so specific <laughs> with your short treks? Yeah, this you know, might be like, the. No one's really asking. Like nobody was really like, I need to know how Tribbles came <laughs> into existence. That's true, but like, this, could be the, this could be the answer to what I was saying before, which is they <laughs> looked at a pre-existing you know, element in that universe, Tribbles, and said, we, yeah. we ain't never find out where the Tribbles came from, so let's do that. And my question and is... Like, and they're everyone's cute. Like everyone's favorite episode. Right. But my thing is like, yeah, but what else is going on? Like, I can't believe that you got uh, H. John Benjamin... And all he does is just go, I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. Yeah. And there's not, he doesn't do anything really all that funny. I, if if this wasn't about Tribbles and it was just about, even in Starfleet, there is that guy in the office. Do you know what I mean? There's like, there's that coworker. There's that guy that you just like, oh my God, I know we live in like a utopia where everything is free, but I'd like to shoot this guy out of the uh, torpedo tube, you know? Um, and I mean, that's all implied. I mean, that's what we're supposed to get. Yeah. But instead it's a lot of, um, a lot of great like uh, uh, prop and effects work like with the triples. Mm. It was it's funny, but it's terrifying. I love that scene where the woman's like being crushed into the ceiling. Oh my She's god! Like, ah! I just know <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, but then yeah, I just I, I would have taken like one of that uh, separate short trick, and then I would have taken like just give me uh, H. John Benjamin being a bad boss or, or a bad coworker. Yeah, because he is so. I mean, I've only really 
I guess I've only really heard, I haven't seen him, I've only heard him in uh, Bob's Burgers, but, like, even in Bob's Burgers, he has lines, like, every time he says, oh, my God, in Bob's Burgers, I absolutely lose it because he's so good at, like, <laughs> I don't even know, like, conveying right. emotion. I mean, like, which, you know, a voice actor, whatever, but um, you're right, but, like, the funniest moments with him in this episode aren't even really, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Like, the funniest moments <laughs> is, like when he's having that back and forth with the captain where he's like, but the conversation's not over because I keep talking and it's still not yeah, even really that yeah, funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit that that was good. Yeah. Um, and, and t having the, um, you know, taking like two and a half, three minutes out of your 12 minute short track and just, you know, giving it to him to do a, a, a scene like that. And she's just like, no, it is over. Cause now it's over. So you're going to go. It's like, no, we're still talking. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I liked uh, just going down the list here. Uh, I liked the McGee class. I liked the USS uh, Cabot. I thought that was a neat uh, mm -hmm. ship. Um, it just it seems like every you know the, the Enterprise is big and has two nacelles, and then we can kind of play with that. And then you can get smaller ships like the Nebula, which is a saucer with you know no legs. The nacelles are just mm -hmm. squished on there. The Oberth has one nacelle. This is like ah oh, the, the nacelles of the engines are just kind of part. It's just like a flying saucer. Uh, I thought that was neat. I want to see more of that. Um, assuming they don't de decommission the entire run after the uh, triple problem. But, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I also like the idea of we don't get too deep into it. I can't remember. I'm sure if I looked on, I don't know, the Internet, I could tell if uh, John Benjamin had a rank. But I, I like learning more about the structure of Starfleet because, remember, they're, yes. they're a military organization nominally, mm -hmm. but they're also a space and exploration um, and science thing. So you would have, you know, we've got a lieutenant, uh, I, I believe, in the form of um, Lucero, who becomes basically the captain or commanding officer of this ship. She would have a ton of people who are just civilian contractors and scientists, right? Like, so you could have... You would think. Yeah, so you could have like a dozen people who are like, Starfleet Academy uh, or Starfleet uh, enlisted that run the ship and then they are just you know it's like the it's like the space shuttle you know we have like the command crew but then you have civilian mm -hmm. scientists that go up there too so that would that would make a little more sense I know he's incredibly antisocial I don't know how he got through the behavioral screening of Starfleet Academy Honestly. but it would, it would make more sense if he was just a really brilliant, you know, um, mm -hmm. biologist or, or protein specialist that mm -hmm. people put up with because they just need his smarts. But then he's confronted with like having to take orders and having to, you know, um, basically uh, obey, uh, you know, a commanding officer. And he's I've seen people like this where they just like sort of fight back over every mm -hmm. little thing, you know, to feel yeah. like they've got control in a situation. <laughs> Plus, he wants to eat them dribbles. I was going to – that's what I was going to say is I'm a, like I'm kind of on his side. <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of a smart – I mean obviously he went – clearly he went overboard. But I'm kind of – like and this is – like I'm a vegetarian. But if you have so, – um, so, so are people in Starfleet, aren't Well, maybe uh, in the 23rd century I guess. I, Kirk eats a steak. But uh, you know, later on Riker's like, oh, we don't, we don't eat that. Just like if you have a – a civilization, a, a, you know, a people that need a new food source in order to survive. And yeah. you have this thing that doesn't really have a brain. And like he said, just kind of, you know, died don't, when it fell off his desk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> yeah, feel the meat on these. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, also, uh, interesting musical choices abound uh, with Johnny Appleseed by Bing Crosby playing over yeah. the montage of the triples going everywhere. They're definitely they're making some they're making some artistic choices. They certainly are. Yes. Uh, so did Edward in the case of modifying the DNA of the triples uh, with human DNA. So he added his own DNA. So now several, several questions here. First yeah. of all, mm-hmm. if you eat a triple, are you committing cannibalism <laughs> in some way? Also, if this is the strain of triples that goes on to um, to harry the Klingon Empire to appear in different parts of the Star Trek universe like the trouble with tribbles are do these all carry the DNA of Edward Edward I mean, Larkin they would have to you see he's still alive that's what that's what the captain should have <laughs> we said. don't see him die we don't see him die she should have been like he lives on through his work that also <laughs> destroyed my ship <laughs> he was an idiot yeah right uh, yeah, she. Hopefully, she is. Uh, I was really glad to see Rosa Salazar uh, in this. I, I really do like her a lot, and yeah, you know, good. she's um, she's censured, but maybe she keeps her job, and so maybe we'll see her again in the future. We can only hope. I think we agree that the last round of short treks was designed to expand the world of Star Trek, but also to kind of cue us up for things that were going to happen in Discovery season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see that happening so far. <laughs> I don't know what, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe they've got a lot planned for season three, but it seems like these are more just pushing at the uh, walls of the discovery world so far. Well, and here's what, it, I mean, it feels, it feels like they're trying to give us like fan service, but they don't know what we want. <laughs> Interesting. Like, they're like, oh, the the people love the triples. Give them the triples, and we're all kind of like, that was cute, but wh- uh, why? <laughs> you know who's funny? H. John Benjamin. <laughs> Get him. Get him and the guys from Portlandia. It'll be great. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and like, um, I don't want to be, you know, like I don't want to be mean, but it. The last short tracks. At first, I was like, oh, these are just to like keep keep us happy. These are to keep the people happy. They can crank out these fifty minute things. It's great. And then they were these fantastic like short films that like improved the like character development within the show like and meant so much and like came by the end of the, by the end of the season like came back in so many different ways yeah. and these just kind of feel like the the last well the last time we did short treks everyone loved them so let's keep going let's do some more put out some more to be honest i think that this is kind of what I originally expected that they would be um, when they when they announced them, I thought that yeah. they would be something like this. Then, yeah, the the first season of them, uh, especially one like I got to give props to one like uh, to Calypso, which wasn't yes. even my favorite, but I felt like was the perfect idea of what I thought this could or should be, which is mm-hmm. a short film set in the Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. I don't know what's wrong with me in Star Wars today. <laughs> 
uh, Star Trek universe. Uh, and now season two, we're not really getting that. <laughs> we're getting uh, we're getting these kind of uh, definitely whimsical uh, kind of looks at the corners of our universe. Do you think that season two of Short Treks brought to you by the Pike show that we really want to make? So here's Pike. Here's Spock. Here's Except he's not even he's been in it. You know, <laughs> and he he's gets had, top he had... billing. That's a good agent, too. He gets top I know, billing. Right? And Boom, all he does is just go, now. get out of here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, the enigma of short treks continues to uh, confuse <laughs> us, but uh, I guess we'll keep coming coming back to see them. Um, that's that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals, our main show, and Discoverage, this show, are uh, coming out. Uh, you can email us at EISTPod at gmail.com. When we are live, or even uh, when we're not live, you can always tweet to us on this show by using the hashtag Discoverage. Uh, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show. Give us a rating and a review if you think of it, because it really helps us out. And if you really want to support the show, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISDpod. And as always, if you really like the show, tell a friend. Um, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Did you have anything specific that you wanted to plug or talk about? Uh, no, well, Generations Geek has its well, own separate feed now. Um, most places, almost everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So, um, okay. you can search us now separately from, um, our network. So it's just Generations Geek. Um, and we would love some, you know, reviews, some stars on Apple Podcasts, especially. So check it out. Excellent. Uh, I wanted to mention that coming up on Enterprising Individuals this week uh, should be released tonight or early tomorrow. I've got a show with Jen Dahlman of the podcast Rosemary's Ladies. We were talking Ooh. about uh, Trek law, about the crime and punishment, basically, in the world of Star Trek. Jen is a paralegal, has a law degree, and so we're talking about that kind of stuff. And then next week on the show, I'm talking about, like I mentioned before, The Traveler. And the episode, TNG episode, uh, where no one has gone before with uh, fantasy author Catherine Valenti will be on that show. So tune in for that uh, next week. And that is pretty much it for us at this point. Uh, I want, oh, no, wait, we have to talk about, yeah, see, God, we're so rusty. Got to talk about next week. <laughs> next week, yes. I'm sorry, next show. Uh, we'll be back on or around November 14th when Ask Not, the third of this season's um, Short Treks is out. That is the one that is uh, featuring Christopher Pike. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. That's about time. Uh, so yeah, I I'm... just know. I just know Anson's going to do a good job, so I'm ready. Yeah, Anson. Oh, you guys are on first name basis, right? I got it. Oh yeah, uh, we're best friends. Okay. Well, that's what's coming up. So join us uh, on or around that time for our short trek. That's it for us. Thanks for listening, and we are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying, "Live long and prosper." <laughs>